0: Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domain. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. Well, we have crossed the threshold of 2022 and entered into 2023. And this new year brings us fresh hope, a fresh sense of hope and personal physical, spiritual, career, relational improvement and growth. And that's why every year people set new goals and plans to bring about that improvement or that growth in their lives, in those areas that they see in need in their personal lives. And for the past couple of decades, I've started my year each year with a word for the year. And this year looks a little bit different for me. Instead of a word, I have a verse for the year. Actually, it's two verses. It's Psalm five, verses seven through eight. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Now, I want 2023 to be a year of coming into God's house, covered and surrounded and aware of the multitude of his mercy towards me. I want to revere and to worship Him beyond anything in my past experience of worshiping Him. And I desperately need Him to lead me in righteousness and to make my way straight before Him. So what about you? Would you want to join me this year in using that as your verse of the year instead of a word of the year, maybe having a verse of the year? You see, I am convinced that there is something so much more powerful when we do things together as the body of Christ. There is power in agreement. There's power in unity. There's power in our prayers. And there is power in seeking God according to his will. All of that is in scripture. And so if you want to join me this year in 2023 and seeking God for a Psalm 5, 7 through 8 anointed kind of year, write this verse down. Write it on the index cards. If you know me, you know I like index cards. I have scriptures written all over index cards, all over the place another thing you can do is write it in a prayer journal where you look at it daily you daily read it You daily pray on that, and you meditate on it. And let's see what God does in our lives in 2023 as we seek Him together to grow us spiritually. And so if you would join me in this verse for the year, please let me know, and then we can be united in prayer. I can be in prayer specifically for you. You can be in prayer for me, praying for God's will to be realized in each of our lives. And I am just so looking forward to seeing what God does with that in 2023. Now, I want to thank you for being a part of my ministry. You know, it's so important to me at the end of the year. I'm really aware of the people that God's allowed me to speak to and to teach throughout the year, and I feel that same sense right now entering in. I'm so thankful that you're with me and that you've joined with me throughout ministry and the teaching of the Word. So today, I want to invite you to join me as we take a look into the in the beginning phrase from Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1. We are going to look at it and see in the beginning what that teaches us about God, about creation, and about us personally. So let me read Genesis 1 verses 1-3. through 3. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, I remember being a young child trying to understand those first few verses in the Bible. And there's just something about creation from our perspective that simply makes our brain hurt. Creation from the other side of creation, the uncreated side of creation, can't be fathomed by mankind. Even theologians who spent their lives researching every minute detail of the creation account come up short. Theologians consider the creation account of Genesis 1-1 through two twenty four a poetic narrative and a theological statement of creation. Now, personally, I love that Genesis 1-1 through 2-4 gives us a pre-science account of creation. Before there were scientists, there was God who created everything that scientists would devote their lives to discovering the scientific laws behind that God himself created. So let's back up to those first three words in the Bible in the beginning, and let's do our investigation. In the beginning, in the original Hebrew language, is actually translated as one word. And in the Greek translation, in the Septuagint, that term Is translated Genesis. So, what does in the beginning tell us? This little phrase points out the fact that just as there is a beginning, there is also an end. It tells us that there is a connection to the end. In the beginning is the first inference of an eschatological reality. With the reality of a beginning and an end, we want to then answer the question: who was there in the beginning? Now, the fourth word in Genesis 1-1 tells us the answer, in the beginning, God. The Hebrew term for God that's used there in Genesis 1-1 is Elohim, which is the plural form of the general name for God. Theologically, we consider this to be the first inference of the Trinity. And yes, I know that term Trinity isn't in the Bible, but a missing term used by humans to try and find. God does not point to a missing trinity. The triune God reveals himself throughout the pages of scripture. The apostle John began his gospel with those same words that explain the creation account. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now Genesis 1-1 and John 1-2 one through 2 show us the eternalness of God. That God pre-existed the beginning. And the Bible clarifies that for us many times over. So I want to read to you just several different Bible verses where it shows us that God pre-existed creation. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or even you formed the earth and world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Job 38 4 says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Now that's God speaking to Job, a man. Colossians 1 17, And he is before. For all things and in him all things consist. John 17, 5, Jesus himself is speaking, and now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Revelation 1, 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Revelation 13, 8, all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been Written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and then in Revelation twenty one six, and He said to me, "It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end." And then Revelation twenty two thirteen, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So remember our question: Who was there in the beginning? Our answer is God. I, and then the follow up question would be: So what was God doing? in the beginning. The fifth word in Genesis 1-1 tells us, in the beginning, God created. Now, let's look at what that word created means in the original language. That term is the term "bara" in the original Hebrew language. And it tells us a lot about God, about creation, and about us. Bara means to create out of nothing. The Bible uses that term when speaking of creation on a cosmic scale. My Strong's and Vines Dictionary explained Barah as a rich theological vehicle for communicating the sovereign power of God who originates and regulates all things to his glory. God is bara's only subject. All other verbs using a term for creating allow a much broader range of meaning and they can have divine and human subjects. These other verbs for creating are used in context when not bringing something into existence. In other words, humans cannot create anything out of nothing. We must first have something to work with to create An artist must have a canvas and paint or an art brush or maybe just the hands to paint with. A potter also has to have clay to create. He has to have the hands to create. A builder can create beautiful buildings, but he first needs the materials to create. But God, while he instilled this ability in us to create within man, we have the ability to create. Only he creates out of nothing. Now I want us to shift from the Old Testament to the New Testament and look at the term kitso, that is a term very parallel to the term bara in the Old Testament. This word kitso means to create and it is always and only connecting to an act of God. Kitso is used in Colossians 1, Colossians 1 16 says for by him all things created. That term is Kitso that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created, kitso, by him and for him. Colossians 1.16 says that God created all things, which speaks of God creating corporately. Now, once we establish in our heart and our mind that God was, is, and always will be the only creator of all things things out of nothing, we then look to what this means to us personally. So what does it mean to us personally? Ephesians 2.10 allows us a glimpse through God's lens as our personal creator, as does Genesis 1.27. So Genesis 1.27 says, so God created Barah, man, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created Barah, him. Okay, so that terminology means that God created out of nothing. Ephesians 2.10, same thing. For we are his workmanship created, kitso, this is New Testament. So this is a different term having that same meaning in the New Testament. In Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let's think about this as God, our personal creator. Out of nothing, God created us personally, uniquely, individually to bear his image and to display himself and his work in and through us. And before we were created, we were thought about by God. He prepared us and planned for us before he created us. He saw us. He envisioned us before he created us. Psalm 139, 16 says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as there were yet none of them. So then I turned this, theological study of God as the creator from this corporate view to a personal view. And I can't help but think of David's words in Psalm 8 verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? God knew who we would be. He knew what we would do, where we would fail. He knew how we would pain him and others. He knew how hard we would aspire to live life a life of apart from his word, apart from his will, from his control and his ways, and yet he still chose to create us. He longed for a relationship with us before creation, at creation, and post-creation. And while we would fail him, He would not fail us, but instead He made a way for us through the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So I want to encourage you to take some time this week to focus on God as your creator. Read and meditate on Psalm 139 so that you can see the marvelous work of God that He did in creating you. And I want to finish today with a prayer based out of Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16. Precious Heavenly Daddy, thank you for forming me and covering me in my mother's womb. I praise you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Thank you that even the tiniest frame in a mother's womb is not hidden from you. You see even the tiniest of embryos, then you skillfully form and shape them. You know their days before their first breath. We praise you for life, and we praise you that you are the creator of life. We love you. We need you. We worship you and rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before I say goodbye, I do want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest to get daily biblical encouragement for Christian women, and also check out my website fire ministriesorg to read my blogs, to get free free Bible resources or a Bible study for you personally or a group study. If you found this podcast beneficial, please take a moment to rate, review, and share this podcast because it helps others to find the podcast and maybe it is the very words that someone else needs to be encouraged in their faith journey today. Until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.